Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey, Jonathan. How's it going? Uh, I'm traveling. Yeah? So, you're on the road. Getting back in the swing of things a little bit. Yep. Masked up, out on the road, got a couple of appointments here and there. Going to be in Fort Worth next week, so it's It's kind of weird. Yeah, it's kind of weird to be getting back and then realizing it's we're almost at the one-year mark of yeah, this. It is. Of this really starting to set in for, for us. I mean, we're already past the one-year mark of oh, when yeah, it yeah. came on the scene, but in terms of when life changed. Yeah. It's really crazy. About five so weeks now, out. So March 11th yeah. was the day, you know, and we're recording yeah, this. It's the day. Literally five weeks away. So. Yeah. So. Kind of wild. But now we're. Easing back into to travel just looks a little different than it used to. Yeah, it does. It does. Uh, you know, just got to be careful, wear your masks, socially distance, and, uh, you know, most of the time things are okay. So just got to just be careful out there, folks. You know what? I'm notoriously introverted in airports and on airplanes, like never. Same. I've, I've struggled to, to want to talk to people and things. So in some ways, this has appealed to that. But I bet it has. Yes. But Amy, you know one thing that has not uh, changed this week? What's that? It's It's been a very busy week in the SBC. Uh, this may be, I counted 18 stories on this week's podcast, by the way. So this may be our busiest week we've had in a very long time. I haven't seen a list this long in quite a while. And uh, it kind of overwhelmed me. I thought, wow, we got back in the swing of things after the holidays. Yeah, so there's uh, about five or six really, really big stories that we're going to kind of s- uh, settle in on here at the top of the show, and we're going to kind of fly through some of the uh, the other news and notes from around the Southern Baptist Convention after we thank our sponsor this week and every week, Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, where I'll be next week, uh, be on campus next week and hanging out with a couple of friends and, and uh, doing some business and doing some interviews next week. Uh, but Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary is where you can get the theological training and the hands-on experience you need to thrive in ministry. Wherever and however God is calling you to serve the church and fulfill the Great Commission, Southwestern offers a degree path to equip you. Whether you're pursuing a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, Southwestern Seminary is here to walk alongside you as you live your calling. You can find out more at swbts.edu. So that's Southwestern Seminary at swbts.edu. Highly recommend you kind of check them out, and uh, I'll be checking them out in person next week. So looking forward to seeing all our friends over at Southwestern. Uh, But Amy, we kick it off this week over at NAM. They had a trustee meeting this week, and uh, just uh, tell us what happened there. We had a couple of big things, a couple of big stories out of the trustee meeting. One thing they did was they got to visit with missionaries who were planting churches and uh, who are planting churches in sort of tough places. So it was a great opportunity to be there in New Orleans where they could could connect with actual you know missionaries that are on the ground. They visited a church planting training center, did some other things. So you know they get a great opportunity to do that to go all over the country and actually see in action what the work of the North American Mission Board is is really doing in all of these areas. They did act on a few items. They unanimously approved a resolution on cooperation and ministry strategy. They also... Yeah, I'll talk about that in just a minute. 
Okay, excellent. They also voted to receive a, a financial report that indicated everything is kind of tracking on budget, as well as an independent auditor's report. And that was for fiscal year 2019-2020. The auditors gave an unqualified clean audit, the highest rating possible. So those were kind of some some major things there. Yes, a couple other little things. They uh, they did outline their goal to see 5,000 new congregations in the SBC by the end of 2025. That's part of Vision 2025 that I think we'll be hearing a little bit more about in a couple of weeks at the EC meeting. And uh, also shared how they've been focusing their care for pastors over the past year because of the challenges pastors have been facing. We got another story uh, from the Dakotas about that uh, later on in the show, but you mentioned that resolution that they passed. So uh, we talked last week on the show about the white paper that was released by the EC on cooperation aimed at North American Mission Board as well as six state conventions. Well, the Board of Trustees from the North American Mission Board unanimously passed a resolution on cooperation and missional strategy at the board meeting. And the resolution reiterated that NAM trustees are focused on ensuring that NAM's strategies, personnel, and funding are consistent with their ministry assignment and the missional mandate provided to NAM by an overwhelming majority of SPC messengers back in 2010 at the annual meeting. That was the Great Commission Resurgence Task Force report uh, that was adopted there. It said They said that they desire to cooperate with all SBC churches, associations, and state conventions, and they steward NAM's funding and resources in a matter consistent with their strategies and ministry assignments. Uh, trustee Board Chairman Danny Diarmis echoed the resolution, saying that several trustees related being frustrated by the notion that some are putting forth in the SBC that the NAM trustees are not doing their job and that we don't know what's going on at NAM. Not only do we know what's going on, in most cases we initiated, and in every case, we affirm the strategies and changes that are being implemented. NAM is doing exactly what we've been assigned to do, and we are doing it with a laser focus and with incredibly high sense of stewardship for every penny that has been entrusted to NAM. So the full resolution is available over at Baptist Press, as well as that uh, letter that we spoke about last week on the podcast. Uh, so that that's the NAM trustee report. IMB also had a trustee report. I think we'll have that report next week on next week's episode. But during that trustee meeting time, they commissioned 33 new missionaries in a virtual celebration, including, I think, two being sent from your church. Is that right? Yes. Matthew and Heather Hurt, who are headed, he's going to actually be a seminary professor. So just got his PhD here. They're a great couple, a lot of fun. And so they're being sent by a a church in Indiana, as well as Faith Baptist Church here in Youngsville, right outside of Wake Forest, which is our church. Also, Daniel and Tara Rice, who... uh, I know that name. Why do I know that name? Because they're in Tokyo. That's where I went a few... This is like a big... This was a big group for me. So they're going... They're being sent again? How's it... uh, You got to explain something here. Yeah, so they had gone as like two plus two program or two plus three, you know, kind of thing. And so they actually have finished their first three year term, but now they're going back as like long term, you know, missionaries. So he graduated, Daniel graduated. And so they're going from North Wake Church. So, you know, like four of the 33. So here's the deal. If, If you want to be a missionary, be friends with Amy. And you'll get sent. That that seems to be how it works. And here. maybe I'll come visit you. So yes, yeah, because you love going to Japan. We know that. So, yes. but there were, you know, there obviously were twenty nine other missionaries really excited for them, 
and do be in prayer. You can watch that uh, ceremony that took place the other night, the virtual sending ceremony over at imb.org slash send. And again, we'll have the full recap from the trustee meeting on next week's episode. Another big story this week was the RLC study task force from the executive committee released their report earlier this week, that full report and a story on it is available over at the website at Baptist Press. We link to it in the show notes so you can uh, read both the report as well as the uh, the full appendices. Uh, those have been presented to both the RLC and the executive committee. And the report did acknowledge both support within the Southern Baptist Convention, I think, as we saw this week, uh, especially online conversations for the entity, as well as that some see it, quote, as a source of significant distraction from the Great Commission work of Southern Baptist. Like we said, the full report is available over at Baptist Press. I highly recommend you take a look at that if you have any questions about the report. So uh, that report available, Baptist Press, links in the show notes today over at sbcthisweek.com. All right, Amy, it's the first of the month. You know what that means? CP. And I got good news, Amy. I got really good news. Give it to me. Not only, not only did we meet budget, not only did we have our best budget month of the year so far, but in COVID-19 environment, we beat last January's total of $18.9 million because $19.3 million came in through the cooperative program in January 2021. That is pretty incredible. That's really yeah. great news. So now so. we're like over 4% above budget now for the year. So I, I, t- I said it last month, and I, I kind of called my shot here last month because we've, we've seen the patterns before. But I said, I have a really good feeling that after January, we're going to be back above budget and we'll be well on our way, uh, hopefully, to making that budget that we have just under $190 million this year. And guess what? Here we are. Here we are. We are. Also, yes. some good news, too. The designated gifts, which includes Lottie and Annie, those are above budget from last year as well. So uh, 1.17 above in the preview of this month, uh, So, but also 6.27% year-to-date above last year's giving. So some really good giving news to start off the year in the SBC. Excellent. Uh, Amy, I know there's been a lot of discussion around race in the SBC, and we had a, a very sad story that we reported on this week at Baptist Press uh, involving a letter that was sent to prominent black pastor Dwight McKissick. Yes, so this was a letter that he received after a story had run in the Baptist Standard about some, just some decisions that his church was making as far as where they were going to be cooperating. And so there was a letter from uh, from a, a gentleman who is was described himself as a former Southern Baptist, but had some language in it that I I just don't I can't even read it here. A lot of folks this letter has circulated, so a lot of folks have seen it, but just reading it aloud is very difficult. So folks can go in the show notes if they want to kind of understand what's what's going on. But it was extremely hurtful and difficult. Now, as we mentioned, this this was from someone who. Describe themselves as a former Southern Baptist. So that is very clear. But yet it was so offensive and so harmful that it really did merit some discussion to have kind of a, 
a very clear denouncing of it when that was shared and in some ways just encouragement to Pastor McKissick. And we really did see that. And, yes, and that, I think that was important. I think that was very yeah. important. So the story, the story kind of shares it. So it shares that and, and you see what some of the response was, but it was, it was so widely discussed that it really, uh, it, it, I think almost everyone heard about it at some point. Yeah, absolutely. And it was good to see that swift rebuke of that letter. It was, uh, as the headline said, vile. That's kind of the best word I have for it. So uh, some other news related to some racial relations in the SBC. Uh, Saddleback Church came under fire recently for a uh, a children's Sunday school curriculum video that used Asian culture stereotypes to teach kids about the Bible. Uh, Pastor Rick Warren has apologized for that, and uh, the full story and the information on that uh, are available over at Baptist Press. But uh, this is something that I think had been released uh, back in January. It was an older video that kind of resurfaced, and uh, this past week, Rick Warren, the pastor over at Saddleback, issued that statement. So he said, uh, my instant fear was that thousands of Asian American children who are part of our church family would feel made fun of and that their families and so many others would rightfully be offended. This is the very kind of cultural and racial insensitivity that we're trying to eradicate in our church family. It's unchristlike, demeaning, and it's never appropriate to use a stereotype to teach. So uh, the full statement and information about this is over at Baptist Press as well. All right, and, and that moves us kind of into what we have this coming week, Amy, the inaugural George Lyle Church Planning Evangelism and Missions Sunday in the Southern Baptist Convention. There's a great beginning to this to this story, fantastic lead that is in uh, that is in Diana Chandler's article there that says, it's not lost on First Baptist Church of Charleston pastor Marshall Blaylock that had black missionary George Lyle visited the church during his 18th century ministry, he would have been required to worship from the balcony. Pastor Blaylock delivered the virtual devotion from that church balcony for this week, focusing on George Lyle. And so really bringing out not just the saying, let's talk about, you know, church planting and evangelism, but really teaching people the history of George Lyle. And, and this is kind of exciting to see what some of the churches are doing and a special offering in the, in honor of George Lyle just focuses so that churches can, can know who he was. And I think this is in many ways the spirit behind adding that day to the calendar, that not only do they learn about him, but then they also take what he valued and move it forward. You mentioned that offering. In response to the new day of recognition that we're having this Sunday, the African American Fellowship of the Baptist Convention of Maryland-Delaware has encouraged African American churches to take up a special offering during February in honor of Lyle's ministry, and gifts will support the George Lyle Fund and the Baptist Convention of Maryland-Delaware's partnership with Kenya. So a cool thing up there that uh, Kevin Smith and a lot of the churches are doing in Maryland-Delaware. So uh, big, big week this week. I mean, this is our, we don't have like the first of a lot of days on the calendar. I mean, it's, it's kind of a rare thing that we have. Here's the first one, the inaugural Sunday or something like that. So it's kind of neat for us to do that this week. And uh, some other news, a lot of state news, Amy. We're going to kind of fly through these. The Baptist New Mexican is changing its publication size and frequency. They're going to go down to a monthly larger publication uh, starting in March uh, due to funding changes and cost increases. They are the third such 
state paper to make changes in recent months. We remember the uh, the North Carolina paper, the Biblical Recorder, uh, has moved into a magazine format. That's right. And also the Louisiana Baptist Message, I think we even talked about this a couple months ago, is moving to a monthly publication as well. So a lot of changes going on in Southern Baptist media world. And then also uh, some other changes. Northwest Baptist Convention announced this week they're going to sell their building. So they had a gateway seminary. They had the foundation. They had uh, the Northwest Baptist Convention's ministries. Those three were like all there together on nine acres with a 38,000 square feet building, don't need all that anymore. So they're going to move to a different area, save some costs, and also you know make some money off the sale. So uh, just some news from the Northwest. We mentioned it earlier too, Dakota Baptist Convention, uh, where you went last fall, Amy. They've That's established right. positions Loved to it. address pastor's isolation. Tell us about that, Amy. This is a new position that they are establishing to help pastors who are really feeling alone because the state of South Dakota and then the state of North Dakota up there is is just so vast that you know they have 85 churches spread across 147,816 square miles that's a single Dakota Baptist Convention church for every tract of land the approximate size of one and a half Rhode Islands so if you just kind of think wow. through, yeah. So take so, so if you had one church in the entire state of Rhode Island, right? That's so crazy. think about how. I mean, obviously you're there in Nashville, which is is really big. I'm in Wake Forest, which is kind of like a suburb of Raleigh. I mean, I go out and maybe I'm in one of the local restaurants, and I'll see pastors from local churches meeting up together. I'll. I'll see my pastor, uh, Stephen Wade, maybe connecting with with another pastor at some point. They can meet up at each other's buildings. They can, you know, grab lunch, breakfast, coffee. And that's not an option for the pastors who are serving out in the Dakotas. They're lonely. They don't really have the chance to get connected. So so Sean Donnelly, who is a pastor and is going to remain a pastor at Black Hills Baptist Church in Whitewood, South Dakota, he's uh, he is going to be serving to help them connect, help to uh, help them connect with the convention to relate to pastors, churches, associations in uh, in their area. And then there's another pastor, Jeff Musgrave, who is, uh, who is going to be responsible for most of North Dakota. And then Everett Hornbossel from Mobridge, South Dakota. He's going to be also working with pastors in the state that aren't covered by Donnelly. So it's just a kind of a system set up to begin connecting with those folks that are out there by themselves. I did notice this when I was at the state annual meeting, how much it clearly meant to the people in the room just to be together for a few days because they don't get that. And so this is a very important, uh, important addition and really part of some restructuring as they kind of move ahead in uh, just some new setups for the Dakota Baptist Convention. So very good, very good story there by Scott Barkley. We'll put it in the show notes and you can just learn a little bit more about that and how to pray for the Dakotas. All right, Jeff Musgrave, I know you're a listener to the podcast up there in North Dakota. At least I hope you are. You know, it's great that you're focusing on the pastors. You need to focus on pastors' wives, too. And you need to have Amy up there to speak at a 
uh, some kind of get together for the wives in North Dakota. In North bring Dakota, to Bismarck, bring her somewhere in North Dakota. It's the only state in the U.S. I haven't been to. Yes. So, so Jeff Musgrave, I know you're listening. Good friend of the pod, I'm sure. We can we can get put me, you in touch get, with Amy. Just, find, just get me up to to North Dakota. Yes, find a way. That's right. <laughs> I love it. You're like my agent. Uh, the, the Somebody's yeah, gonna get me. Somebody's gonna get me to North You're Dakota one day. Yes. Yes. One day. One day. All right. Uh, yeah, we're we're half joking, half not really. Uh, so anyway, uh, but yeah, that's a really really cool thing. I saw that story. I love that story. I love what the Dakotas are doing. Fred McDonald, great job on that. So, all right. So. Speaking of the states, got a few state executive director news things here, Amy. The Ohio executive search team has announced that they're receiving resumes through February 28th. Exec search at scbo.org. All the information is available over at Baptist Press. The link is in the show notes. And uh, remember, Jack Kwok retired at the end of last year. So they, that position is open and they are looking to fill that. So that's Ohio. And the SPTC down in Texas announced that they are going to recommend Nathan Lorick as its next executive director. Many of you know Nathan. We've had him on the podcast here. He's a, I would consider Nathan quite a good friend of the pod. He's been on here twice, I think, over the years. And uh, Nathan is out in Colorado doing great things. Uh, but he is now the candidate for the executive directorship of the SBTC, which means that uh, the Colorado job could be coming open soon as well. So congrats to Nathan on that. Uh, I'm sure we'll be talking more about him if and when that does go through in a couple of weeks. Uh, Also, some news from Indiana. Steve McNeil has announced his retirement as the Indiana Baptist Executive Director. So that job is now open up in Indiana. And then Nevada last week announced that Kevin White had resigned as the Executive Director in Nevada. So that means we've got Nevada, Indiana, Ohio, North Carolina, as well as Colorado slash Texas open right now. Currently Texas, possibly Colorado, assuming yes. you know, what what's coming in Texas. So That's a lot of openings. We said at the beginning of the year we expected a few of them to be open this year and here they come. So yes, uh, a lot here of they uh, come. movement going on there. And uh, so if you know people that would be good fits for those do recommend them, do pray for those committees that are doing the search that uh, they will seek out the right candidate for those jobs. So uh, that's a lot of updates, I know, from state conventions right there. And also, you know what else happened this week, Amy? What? I know. Pre-registration for messengers and childcare opened. That's right. That's right. Registration opened this week for the annual meeting. We've had a good response to that already. You can find out more about that over at sbcannualmeeting.net. And while you're there, you can also click to go over to the Send Conference site and register for that. So this is important, folks. Obviously, you've got to register for the annual meeting. Got to be there for that. Register for that. Now, this year, the Send Conference is happening, not the Pastors Conference. In the past, Pastors Conference, you just walked in, sat down, Everything was good. No big deal, right? A little different this year. Big difference. Actually, not a little different. It's a lot different. You got to register for the SIN conference. You can't just walk up and walk in this year as of right now. You need to register, pre-register for that so you can do all that too. You need to do both of these. You need to register for the annual meeting as well as the SIN conference, not just the annual meeting and then just walk in. It's, It's not the same this year. So we're warning you now. The registration has been really good for the SIN conference so far. But you got to go and register for the SIN conference and the SIN lunch and everything just like normal. But you need to do that now because things are filling up. 
All those things. That that lineup for the Sin Conference, that that looks pretty incredible. I want to know if I can meet Michael W. Smith. I'm I'm sure it can be arranged. I've I've met him. You know, he's, he's a nice guy. I really enjoyed meeting. I I but I've can not I send you the met picture. Him, You're so. going to send you the picture from with me no, and him. It's okay. If it. I could meet Michael W. Smith and Mark Rick, that's kind of a big deal. That would be a fun, you know, getting to meet him. But or or Benjamin Watson. My kids would probably enjoy meeting meeting him. So it's a it's a good lineup for the Send Conference. But definitely get in there and register so that you have that all done when you get there. Well, Amy, finally. That's going to do it for our news this week. And that brings us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. All right. We're going to go to 1996 for an encouraging story out of Springfield, South Carolina. So there's this great story that the the headline in Baptist Press for February 5th, 1996 is, this computer wouldn't take yes for an answer. And so here's what happened. First Baptist Church Springfield was averaging at the time about 119 in Sunday school. And uh, their total budget was $115,000. But their members raised 19000 for the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. So here's what happened. The church secretary was filling out the, they call it the uniform church profile, but I would imagine that's just ACP essentially. They were filling out the ACP by computer disk. So it was, uh, I guess, a program or a way that you did it back then. And when the church secretary typed in the Lottie Moon Christmas offering amount, the computer program kept questioning the accuracy of the amount because it was out of line for a church of that size. So like the computer kept saying, there's a mistake, there's a mistake. And said it was not the first time they had surpassed their goal. In '95, it had been uh, it, it had been twelve thousand dollars. They they had raised twelve thousand dollars. And so I just thought this was really cool. It's a really small little article, but it just shows how I mean, ACP wanted to say you're wrong because they because the sort of Proverbial wisdom would say that, that that a church of that size can't give that amount to Lottie Moon. But look at that First Baptist Springfield. Mm. They did. And so yeah. that's something that we want to celebrate all the time. And we've celebrated that with some other churches through the years. Um, but they were doing it in 1996. This week in SBC history, as they showed the church profile um, that... You know, when people come together, people of faith, and they're on mission, uh, they they can do the unexpected. Yes, absolutely. And we've seen that kind of over and over again. I mean, Paul Chitwood's been tweeting a lot of those uh, this year. I mean, we've seen so many churches blow through their their Lottie Moon goals. We've seen churches in the past blow through their Annie Armstrong goals. I mean, it's, it's really awesome what God's people will do, like you said, when they come together. So uh, very, very cool story there. All right, that's going to bring us to our resources of the week. My resource of the week is a new digital kit for churches to use for cooperative program promotion in the church. So uh, we released this this past week over at the SBC website. It's sbc.net slash CP, so for cooperative program. And uh, it's a digital church kit that includes some PDFs of some articles uh, about offering, giving, you know, stewardship type things. Uh, it includes a bunch of videos 
about the cooperative program for you to use during the offertory, possibly, or just during service times or whatever, however you want to use them. So you can put them on your website, church website, things like that. Also, it includes all the branding, logos, everything that's new for the cooperative program. So if you want to uh, help promote cooperative program within your church, uh, I forgot the one thing, the CP stories, which we've talked about before here on the podcast, uh, the missionaries of the week, basically, that you can talk about and show how the cooperative program is funding missions around the world and here in the States. So uh, really awesome little digital church kits free. All you have to do is just put in your email address and it'll shoot you an email with a download link and you'll be able to pick it up easily over at sbc.net slash CP. Amy, your resource of the week is? Well, mine is one more registration opportunity for the annual meeting. Now we're not going to be able to do this for every single event because there just are so many auxiliary events that happen. But there is one other one that's opened up and I want to make sure our listeners know about it. And that is the Minister's Wives Luncheon. Uh, oh. This is one of the biggest events for women every year. And it, that's a uh, hot ticket it, right it's, there. Yeah. And it's all already opened up. And the featured guest this year's speaker is Jen Wilkin, who's one of my favorite people. Good friend of the pod. She's been on you the podcast before. You know what today is, right? You know what it's her birthday. Happy yes, birthday, Jen. It is her birthday. Happy birthday that's to right. you. There you go. And so she's going to be coming to Nashville and speaking. So I wanted to go ahead. Like I said, we can't do every single event, but I wanted to highlight this one because it often goes really fast. And a lot of folks may not realize it's already open. So I wanted to make sure that link is in there. Uh, So that's my resource of the week. Make sure you get your spot. And I usually don't get to go because I'm having to be at working lunches. Yes. And uh, so I don't know, maybe I can kind of sneak in the back this year and catch a little bit of it. So depending on where it is, maybe so. But Opryland's a big place. So who knows? It, It really is. So, gentlemen, if uh, your wife is coming with you to Nashville, make sure she uh, registers for that. Ladies that are listening, uh, make sure you register for that. And so, and uh, maybe you can sneak Amy in and and you know get her a dessert or something. That's what she usually comes in for. She comes in just for the desserts. You've talked about that on the podcast before. Yes. What was the event a few years ago? You snuck into, went in there, just took a dessert and left. No, it wasn't that. It was that there was an event that I wanted to do that. Oh, it is was, that what it was? Yes, it was the uh, Connect 316 event because they put the oh, they put right. the menu on there and it was like a I don't know it was like a banana bread pudding or something like that. Yes, and banana I foster knew, bread pudding or something like that. Wasn't yeah, it? something like that. And I knew oh. it was actually it was actually during a time when I either had another event or I had a meeting because I've uh, I end up having a lot of meetings around meals and I wouldn't be able to be there, but I was talking about, could I just buy a ticket and just go That's like right. sneak That's right. and grab my dessert and, and go. I'm one who will look at a menu and really reflect on, on uh, what's, yes. what's to come. So, Hey, if so. the dessert at the women's thing is good this year, we'll have to check with Kelly King, see what the other uh, menu is. Good friend of the pod, Kelly King. So That's Kelly right. text us. I know you listen every week. So text us and tell us what the, what the dessert is at the women's thing. Maybe we can sneak one to Amy. So Yes. Because, I mean, really, we just eat for the dessert, right? That's, that's, that's how right. things are. 
That's okay. Right. Well, folks, thanks for hanging with us. I know it was a lot this week. Uh, like you said, all the news and notes and all the links are over at sbcthisweek.com, uh, baptistpress.com as well. Uh, subscribe to the morning briefings in the morning. Uh, you'll get all of this stuff delivered to you daily in your inbox every morning. And then also, once again, thanks to our sponsor, Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. You can find out more about them over at swbts.edu. And if you're on campus at Southwestern, maybe uh, say hello next week. I should be around. So uh, hoping to see our, our good friend Jacqueline Parrish over there at uh, at Southwestern. She's I, I think she's making me a pie, Amy, speaking of desserts. Impressive. That's pretty awesome. Yes. I, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. So we'll find out. I'll let you know what kind it is next week on here on the show. See you next week. See you next week. See you next week.